Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Hey guys, if you're enjoying our show, if you love what we're doing, if you would like to support us, we have a whole bunch of great stuff coming out. We have a brand new t-shirt line that's coming out, hats, coffee mugs, any kind of swag that lets your friends know that you support Vertical Momentum and you're always looking to get better. Also, we have our new coffee brand coming out. It's called Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's ass-kicking coffee, and, and it, will, it will get you moving in the morning. So, guys, if you're interested, go to www.richardkaufman.net. Check us out, leave us a note, tell us what you'd like, and we'll actually send it to you. The new website is being built, so if you guys want to, our book is out there on Amazon. It's called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. Definitely check it out. It talks about my story, but it also talks about how to survive depression, how to survive addiction. All right, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for always supporting our mission, which is to save lives. Hey, guys. Hello. To another episode of Vertical Momentum. I'm your host, Richard Kaufman. Today, I have an amazing guest. If you're not motivated by when you turn this on, you're going to be motivated when you shut this off. Mr. John Anderson, my brother, what's going on? What is happening? I'm happy to be here. Inspire and motivate. That's the name of the game. You hit it right on the head, brother. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing amazing. Uh, I know we've been trying to get this together for a while. But thank you for hopping on. It's Motivation Monday. So how's your day going, brother? What's new? I loved your latest video. Truly amazing. <laughs> you know, every day is a day to improve. That's the bottom line. Call it Monday. Call it Sunday. Call it Tuesday. The name is a zero-sum game. Every day, you've got to get a little bit better than you were yesterday. I love that. And by the way, first of all, I always want to say thank you for being a patriot. Thank you for loving this country, and thank you for loving our military. Absolutely. You know, it's, it, freedom is not free. And for all of those that have given their lives and parts of their lives to keep us in this, uh, you know, very safe, beautiful country, my hat is off. I love it. Uh, I just want to thank our sponsors today. Uh, as Obviously, you're in the bodybuilding and fitness industry. Um, companies called Nutribio. They, they love this love this country. Mark Glazier makes amazing products. So I just want to say thank you, Nutribio, for keep for keeping us on the airwaves. So John, talk to us about yourself because I, I I love especially you know you're you're a coach, uh, body pro bodybuilder, um, pro strongman, wrestling. You you've kind of done it all. So but yeah, what, what was little John like? <laughs> well, that's the root of the whole thing, my brother. I was, uh, you know, looking at me now, you wouldn't know <clears throat> that I was a uh, overweight uh, youngster, uh, stared, scared him on shadow with a whopping learning disability. And so this is back in the days before, you know, we had all these different ways to help kids that were not able to kind of stay up to speed with the curriculum. So I was basically just sent to what they call the resource room, otherwise known in those days to the 
you might have muted yourself. I'll keep if you, don't let your phone lock or else it'll mute you. I got okay. you. Yep, we're back. Now, where did you grow up? What state were you were you grown what state did you grow up in? I actually was in Oregon. Did you catch all of what I was saying before? Did I did I mute somehow what I was saying before? Yeah, if, if, if you've uh, the phone locks, it automatically mutes you. Okay, gotcha. So I basically grew up. I was in uh, <clears throat> originally. I was from California. But my mom remarried, and uh, at that point, um, you know, I moved. We moved up to Oregon, and so that's where I did most of my schooling all the way through college, before I came back to California. So <clears throat> really, the my biggest blessing in all of this was the fact that I, that little guy that had an uphill battle, I had to work twice as hard with school, um, had to work twice as hard to just to, just to kind of be on the field, so to speak, because I was a late bloomer, I was overweight. And I didn't keep in mind, I didn't have, there was no reason, I don't have a terrible story about why, you know, I was an overweight kid, I wasn't eating to cover up something bad that happened to me, I just hadn't you know, huge love for cookies and ice cream. And so I was the little guy that would go hide with food. And it just, that was part of the process. It tore down my theme. And then along with the, uh, you know, the whopping case of dyslexia and everything else, it just, that's these things right here. You wouldn't know at the time, they were my biggest blessings because I learned to work. I had to work twice as hard just to be par. Well, then I started to realize that I got a little older, you know, when I say older, just kind of a, in my childhood that working hard was actually starting to deliver some dividends. And so I started training with weights and I, you know, started to realize very quickly that I was better at lifting weights than the sports I was playing. And, uh, did I lose you again, brother? Nope. I'm just okay. listening and hanging on your everyone. I, I just want to make sure I didn't mute myself again accidentally. <laughs> now, when, okay. When you first, who was, you know, because like I remember um, I've been in the health and fitness industry for since 1986. And one of the first people I really looked up to was Frank Zane. Who were some mm-hmm. of the first people that you started looking to and thinking, I can do that? Well, hands down, the first person that I saw, um, and I didn't know anything about this person, was Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, because I grew up, you know, I was when I was young, I was I was pretty kept away. You know, we didn't have television. We didn't we were we we were we were told to go play and ride our bikes. So I didn't get a whole lot of exposure to this stuff. So the first time I saw Arnold Schwarzenegger, didn't know who he was. I just saw this big, strong guy. And right then and there, something in my chest, something in my belly, something in my head just changed. And I knew from that point forward, that's what I, I knew. I wanted to be a big, strong guy. Had no idea. At that point, if I was a big, strong guy, my life was was uh, was a success. Obviously, we know that being a big, strong guy doesn't mean you can support yourself and your family. But at that point, I didn't care. <laughs> so basically, I just kind of continued moving forward with the, this burn in my belly, still overcoming all of my challenges. But again, those challenges where I'm working twice as hard is really where all this started to work for me. So in the gym and uh, luckily for me I was one of those guys that was actually stronger than I looked which is really what kind of led me into my strength career so my training partner you know he was you know we we trained hard and he was always really kind of to be honest he was always pissed off that I was always so much stronger than him 
And then we got to the point we're out of college in real life. And he's like, dude, you just, if, if you don't do it for you, just go do it for me. Because if I could do it, I would, I'm just not strong enough. And that's where, okay, here's the inception of my first strong. So basically, uh, you know, the funny part is keep in mind, I'm a big, strong guy, but I still have the mind at that age. And to a certain extent, even at 49 years old, I still, once a fat kid, always a fat kid, you never really outgrow it. Um, you know, and again, it's still a blessing because I'm always, I'm always on, on point. I'm always working hard because that's what I know. You know, I kind of outworked the fat kid. So long and short, I do my first strength contest, strongman contest, didn't know anything, wiped it out. Um, you know, didn't really when I say wiped it out at one, having no clue what I was doing. Um, Willie Wessels at the time, it was strongman was all one amateur, uh, federation at the time met him and he was like, dude, you know, I thought you were coming to look for a bodybuilding contest. I didn't know you were this strong. You need to go try to get your pro card. So <clears throat> I basically went next contest and won my pro card. Um, then my the contest I went to after that, I had to qualify to go to pro nationals and which I did. I went and placed in the top five there. So my fourth ever strongman contest was pro nationals. Now here's the kind of interesting part about that. You know, I've been watching Strowman on TV, as most of us were. You know, I'm watching Phil Fister, Mark Phillippe, and Carl Gillingham. Well, bam, all of a sudden, I'm in the same contest as these guys, and I'm shitting in my pants. <laughs> you know, so, you know, and Magnus for Magnuson is a judge. So it was like, it was a really cool thing. Now, granted, I didn't do as well as I wanted to. I placed eighth, which was not bad. Um, didn't get me to where I wanted to go, but it did get me internationally recognized so from that port forward. I was an international player in man. So I existed there for about this, about seven years. Um, had a, had some great time. Strongman was my true love in terms of strength. Uh, I actually had a number of really good finishes. Only one, one pro contest, which, you know, most people at the international level will tell you winning a contest is not an easy task. And, uh, you know, I had one victory the whole, my whole career, a number of uh, seconds and thirds, but only one anyway. So that, further, was what, that was what, 2003? That would have been, yeah. So I, I became pro, I think in 2002. Yes. So that would have been, and I competed 2002, three, four, five, six, seven, and uh, a little bit in 2008, but that's where I kind of transitioned into my pro wrestling career. I ended up my, you know, was, even though I'm a big guy in the strongman world, I was on the small side. So, you know, it was, uh, I was in the Marius Pujanowski era, you know, he was a smaller strongman, but very athletic. And so they were really tailoring the sport around him because he was such a hit. <clears throat> so it gave guys like me a chance. Um, you know, if you're 320, you know, 10, 20 pounds and you could move and you're strong, that was kind of the game then. Now, if I was trying to be a pro right now, forget about it. I'm a foot too short and a hundred pounds too light, <laughs> you know? I mean, now if you're not 400 pounds and, you know, seven feet, you, you almost don't stand a chance, you know? So, uh, so the era was perfect for me. Ended up having a back surgery. And um, at the time I was doing really well with obviously Stroman. I was doing commercials and things like that. So I had an agent who actually told me, Hey, you know, if you want to continue to do what we're doing and making money, we're going to have to get you into a different platform out away from strawman because the surgeon told us if you you go back to strawman you're going to be back here getting another surgery here in a, in a year so i mean I he said, told you to go to wrestling were you going to be 
taking all these bumps? Yeah, exactly. Well, but it's, it's more of a, at least it's a little bit more controlled. I mean, granted wrestling beat me up more than Strongman did, but it gave me a chance to work around my injuries. There was no, as you know, having uh, multiple ruptured discs and having surgery on them, there was very little chance for me to be able to continue to get a whole lot stronger on those ruptured discs for the force or strongman. And the way that strongman was evolving so quickly, there was no way I was going to be able to operate uh, with the curve of increase for years to come. <clears throat> so it was kind of like, okay, let's take this opportunity to make a switch now before we get another surgery. And so basically, um, you know, keep in mind, he's an agent. He's, he's, he's not, he's not terribly interested in my health. He's terribly interested in the paychecks, <laughs> yep. you know? So, so he basically said pro wrestling. I was like, Oh my God, I was never even really a pro wrestling fan. I liked watching the big guys in there only because they were big. It didn't make a difference what they were doing. Hell, they could have been, they could have been playing chess. I still would have been interested if they were big guys, you know? So I knew nothing about the, the, you know, sports entertainment of wrestling. So I went to a school to learn how to do it. He basically put together a completely fake, sent it over to Japan. And uh, so my last strongman contest, so my, from my last strongman contest to my first tour in Japan was only about nine months. And here's the interesting part about that. You know, the, it was like my seventh ever wrestling match was a pay-per-view in Sapporo, Japan. You know, just for people who don't know, you know, most wrestlers, pro wrestlers will, you know, they'll wrestle for years and years in the little high school gym type venues, trying to develop enough to get a, to, for a bigger company to come pick them up. Only because the way I looked, I got the opportunity. So I didn't know what I was doing. I basically, you know, I would just knocking some people down and flexing my muscles and screaming like a crazy man. And the Japanese people loved it. <laughs> yeah. and so, Antonio Inoki is one of the greatest yeah. people I've ever talked to and what what a true gentleman you know well you know funny enough he was the first one who contracted me because he actually st- originally he had started a company called New Japan Wrestling and he left that company and started another one it was called uh, Noke Genome and I was I worked for him first that was my first job in Japan but yeah I mean he's like I mean, he's involved in the politics. I mean, he's very, very powerful man, but powerful in a very good way. You know, he, he uses his power for the right thing. You know, he does a lot to inspire the Japanese culture and people. So it was, I was really blessed to, to have uh, an opportunity to work, you know, in his company. <clears throat> and then as I started to get more popular, the New Japan, which was the company that he left, ended up reaching out and I got a job with them. And that's really where I wanted to go because they were a bigger company with more opportunity. But I got to thank Antonio for giving me the first crack I needed in Japan to get my name out into the Japanese wrestling world. And so <clears throat> basically, the, you know, I had a great, uh, great crew of New Japan. Uh, they tagged me up with a guy named Nanabu Nakanishi. He was actually a legitimate badass, meaning he represented Japan two years in Greco-Roman wrestling uh, in the Olympics. So he was legitimate. I was legitimate. And so, cause I came from another sport. So the Japanese fans just ate us up. And first year they put us together. We got tag team of the year. Um, of course, when you get honors like that, you get big bonuses, got a lot of other good fun stuff that comes with it. So we were happy. And then unfortunately, early that next year, 
uh, Nanaboo broke his neck in the ring and uh, <clears throat> it broke clearly broke our tag team up. And so uh, that was kind of a bummer because we were on a really, they were pushing us really hard. And uh, then when he broke his neck, they were, you know, trying to get him back and he came back, but he was never the same. So as time goes forward, it's I'm 42 years old now. Um, I didn't get renewed. They let me go. So I came home. 42 years old, I, you know, did roughly seven years of Strowman, another seven years wrestle in Japan, but the juices are still flowing. <clears throat> you know, that fat little boy that's used to doing nothing but working hard for something was pretty lost. <laughs> and so I figured, well, I guess I'm going to try uh, bodybuilding. <clears throat> so I did my first, I did my, I came home December 2013, did my first bodybuilding contest <clears throat> in uh, the end of March. 2014, won it, went to a national, uh, won my pro card. So I was one of a very few people uh, pro card on the second contest, which was a pretty big, I didn't realize what an achievement was at the time because I was just, you know, in my whole career, I've just been working hard to do the best that I can, not really worried about what is supposed to happen and what's not supposed to happen. And I think that's, you know, a lot of times people say, you know, how did all this happen? And I say, you know, Here's how it comes down to. I was just dumb enough to believe I could do it. <laughs> yeah. Now, you know, a lot of people, you know, because like I've been, like I said, I've been in the industry 30 years. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that when a bodybuilder is just, just about to hit the stage for, to try to get his pro card is when he's pretty much at his weakest because he's oh. carb depleted, water depleted, and really feels like shit. So what was it like to know, you know, when you go from, you know, strong man to where you're at your strongest and then now you're here to win a title at maybe not your weakest, but a lot of people's weakest. What was that like mindset wise? It was very difficult because, you know, luckily there was a pretty big transition because I went from, you know, my strength career, you know, I'm just massive and, you know, world-class strength to wrestling where, okay, look, you need to be strong. So you need to be able to lift people up. But at the same time, you got to be able to move in there. So I went from strength, my strength career, Strowman, I was at 315, 325-ish. Then wrestling, I had to be just, they want to be just under 300 pounds and strong and agile. Then to bodybuilding, it wasn't about the weight. It was about the look. So my, I was all the, on stage, I was all the way down into like the mid to mid 260s to start. And uh, so it was very different. I remember the first time, when I weighed, because uh, you, when you're an amateur, they weigh you in. <clears throat> I remember I got on the scale and I was in the 260s and I was like, holy shit, I haven't been 260 pounds, you know, 17 or 18 years. It was, it was definitely different <laughs> for sure. But I think the biggest part of that is you're so wiped out. You're so zonked getting prepared. You know, it's almost like it just, you don't have the extra energy to stress out over. You know, so you just want to go get your job done so you can have a drink of water. <laughs> yeah. So now, what's it like? Because, you know, there's a lot of guys and girls, they win their pro card and they're never heard from again. You know, yeah. they, you know, there's, and there's some great people that never won their pro card that should have won their pro card. And I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a student of the, of bodybuilding. So there's a lot of great people, especially some that we just lost over the last month. But, what did you do? You know, okay, because now you're an IFBB pro. Yeah. Now, now what? You know. Well, I mean, how are you, it, how are you paying your bills? Because a lot of people don't realize 
how much it costs to prep for a show. Oh, so, yeah. What were well, you doing? Nice, yeah, were you great doing? question. Great question. So the nice thing with me is that, you know, I had come from two established careers prior. And obviously wrestling is, is really, it's, it's, you know, most people that go into wrestling, they want to make the money. So I wasn't hurting when I showed up into bodybuilding. <clears throat> but even then, okay, I'm a pro. Well, it's time to leverage this. So I opened a gym. I started my coaching business. I still had sponsors on board that were, you know, that were taking good care of me. So I've always, to what you said, you're so correct. People turn pro and they're, they're like, okay, everybody start giving me money now. It doesn't work that way. It's, it's a title that gives you the ability to leverage yourself to have more opportunity. Unless, of course, you're like a top three, top four guy, <clears throat> you're going to have companies that are going to come pay you a lot. But even then, it's these are year-to-year -year deals, you know, maybe two-year deals. You're not getting – you don't – nutrition companies rarely are going to give somebody a 10-year contract. You know, it's, it's based upon how you are. If you're good today, you're going to get – you're going to get, you're going to get paid. If, if you're not good next year, you're not going to get paid. So ultimately, and this is just funny that we talk about this part, brother, because this really, you know, I've done a lot of stuff with my own personal accolades, you know, three different high level careers, but I'll tell you one of the biggest, most rewarding things that I have done in my life with my career in the industry is when I started to coach people and with all of us, my career help people understand how to do things that they didn't think they could do before and it's not only just the diet and the training it's i really kind of teach a mindset you know and when you when you take the shackles off of someone's mind so i you know that my coaching business now, it, I never ever imagined that I would have the type of fulfillment I have with my coaching business because I'm always, always changing somebody's life. And that's the whole thing. My motto is a good coach will change a physique. A good coach, a great coach, excuse me, will change a life. And that's where I try to go. People hire me to get in great shape. But when we're done, I've expanded their mind. They're a more powerful creature not just in better shape, you know? You know, one thing I got to say, you know, like I, I love, I'm a big mindset freak. I, I'm always studying. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that when Arnold was at his peak, I think he reached, he was what, 245 pounds. And in the moving pumping iron, he says, I train all year. And then just, I just pick up the trophy at the Olympia. He had the, he had the mindset that he was not going to lose. So, you know, I've seen a lot of bodybuilders and fitness people, they, they look great, but you talk to them and they're dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> you know, Very true. That, that they're really don't, that, you know, it's all about their body, but not about their mind. And they really mm -hmm. fit. So what makes a great um, coach? Because some, you know, there's people that can look great, but can't co coach worth of shit. And then there's great people that look great, but also can coach. So what is the difference? Well, I mean, there's no question. Your ability to connect and understand the person is really big. And one of the reasons why I'm so good at why I do and how I coach 
Number one, I do it on the telephone and text because if I don't know the person, I can't coach the person. And then number two, going back to when I was a kid, the fact that I, I had a hard time, you know, learning conventionally, I had to learn in other ways. I had to learn by understanding people. To, you know, keeping above water, like I could understand a teacher, okay, this teacher doesn't like it when you do XYZ, I better not do XYZ, because I need this person on my side. <clears throat> when I coach a person, I quickly start to understand what it is about them that they respond to and they don't respond to. Um, you know, do they need tough love or do they need more encouragement? Because there's no one formula to coach people. You have to coach individuals. And so for me personally, um, it's just the way that I live my life. I'm positive. Um, I, I constantly pump positivity to those around me. But more importantly, I think that's a big draw. People like that positive energy. But more importantly, when I coach them, teaching them to be their the best version of themselves. I'm not trying to coach them into being a version of me, which I think that's a lot of the, a lot of the problems with coaches is they don't really know how to coach something outside of what they've done for themselves or other coaches have done for them. So the, the simple way to answer that, brother, is you have to learn to coach the person. To coach a person, you have to learn a lot about that person. <clears throat> and like I said, going back to my shortcomings, I learned to understand people as part of my way to keep my head above water because I couldn't just in other means and other other pathways of learning okay and i have a lot i have so many questions brother i'm so grateful that you decided to hang out with me today thank you so <laughs> much. I, I, hey brother i'm having a great time just like you man this is uh now you know we know you know ronnie is all beat up he can barely even walk and be, and because you know he tortured his body for many many years and then we see a guy like dexter jackson that worked hard but he kind of worked smart so yeah. you know i was in the military for 20, 23 years i was a young man i can't do that shit no more but talk to us about you know working smart i mean you got to work hard but you got to work smart and you know when yeah. you're in your 50, 40 50 years old the training can't be the same way as it was when you were 20 so talk 100 100 i mean you hit that right so, I mean, I, I can't speak for anybody else, but I can definitely speak for myself and I can totally see how if, if a person didn't start to understand themselves fast enough that they could just burn the candle on both sides so quickly that it would do damage you couldn't undo. Um, you know, so basically myself right now, 49 years old, my formula is constantly changing and so ultimately what it comes down to is it's, it's a, it's a, it's a combination of different types of intensities, obviously rest nutrition has got to be spot on. So my nutrition and my rest are pretty steadfast. It's easy for me to control those because obviously I'm, I'm, this is, I coach nutrition and, and rest is something you can kind of feel. It's the training part that is, is the, the variable that I use the most. So like currently right now and you know, if we, if we did another show in five years, I can guarantee you this formula I'm going to tell you about right now will be very different because the formula from five years ago is different than today. But right now, I mean, I love to train heavy, love to train aggressively, 
but there has to be a cycle to it. Meaning I can go usually a full bore two weeks of really, really good, fun, intense training. And sometimes towards the tail end of that second week, I'll recognize that, hey, you got to start pulling back on the throttle a little bit. But really what it comes down to is I cycle my training. So I'll have two good, good weeks, and then I'll have another week where I'm still training, but I'm not doing the same movements. I'm doing a different rep range. Um, <clears throat> it's almost like a – forgive the term active recovery because the, the idea is to recover, but I still want to train. It's not like active recovery going on walks, you know? So again, it really comes down to understanding the body, you know, whether you're trying to understand your body, you're trying to understand someone else's body. When you spend a huge chunk of your life, you know, it's like with my career, my nutrition has been what's allowed me to navigate the three different careers, being big and strong with straw man, trim, you know, trimming down a little bit and being more agile in the ring, then just being straight up, bodybuilding it's all show no go it's not about how you perform it's about how you look and nutrition has been what's allowed me to navigate all these three platforms well <clears throat> obviously understanding my body is part of you know nutrition part of where my strength is as a coach even for myself i can register okay you know what i'm supposed to train hard all the way through the end of this week but i better start shutting it down a day or two early because you know, I'm, I can feel when I will get up in the morning, I'm not as not quite recovering like I want to be. And it could be a little extra stress in your life. It could be a couple bad nights sleep. There's a thousand things it could be. And whatever they are, it's not always a, it, it, the first thing you got to do is identify that you're not recovered and slow the pace a little bit. Then you try to figure out why it happened. You know, so it's uh, it's like I said, it's really kind of a it's a. The, the time I've been doing this so long, it's, it's one of those things where these answers a lot of times kind of come to me. I can always explain what it is that, that, you know, that the answer is, but it's, you know, you do something long enough. You don't really think about it. This stuff, it just kind of comes to you. And that's really where my strength as a coach is, is because I, I can work with someone and the answers just start coming to me. And uh, obviously the biggest thing that I do, is I teach people, you know, I'm constantly trying to, to, you know, better my own system for myself. And when something works, I bring it to the people I work with. And it's, it's, a, I mean, it's, a, it's a great thing. I mean, I have a ton of people that come to me in their forties and fifties and I've gotten them in better, better shape than they were when they were twenties and thirties. And that's well, just, to me, that's the best. Well, whether you know? you know it or not, you've been mentoring me for the last, six months and I've been using your training principles. So I'm very grateful for what you've done for me. Um, totally now, awesome, you know, brother. Now, I, I, uh, I used to run a general nutrition center, a million dollar a year store. And, and I would have people come in, you know, the first of the year, everybody wants to get fit and they buy like $400 worth of supplements. And the first thing I would ask them, well, what's your diet? Like, you know, what's yeah. your, uh, you know, what is, cause you know, you know, what is your, food like what is your food intake like and they don't have an answer they just think you know well i'm going to take this protein shake and this pre-workout and i'm going to be like the guys on say from redcon one it's like no that's not how any of this works no. you know so talk to us about you said nutrition has kept you around three different athletic things so talk to yep. us about nutrition. 
<clears throat> yeah, well, I mean, hands down, nutrition, if you don't have nutrition in place, you're really kind of wasting your time. You know, it's the, the equation is, it's basically you've got your nutrition, you've got your training, which is the you got your recovery. I mean, you pull one of these out, the whole thing's slow. Well, nutrition is piece of that equation. So one of the things that people tend to not understand about supplements is just, just the, the name supplement in addition to if, if, if you, uh, there are so many people out there who are even coaches, which is even worse. You know, processed food, meaning protein bars, into a person's diet when they could be getting their food out of the refrigerator. Now, granted, on the road and they can't get to food, by all means, we'll use that because it's a, it's a very helpful tool when you can't get to your food. But food is always first. I mean, I will avoid processed food at all costs. Processed food, when I say processed food, I'm talking supplements, I'm talking <clears throat> anything where they've taken the original format and they've changed it with some sort of processing, whether it be a preservative, a color, a flavor, you name it. My recovery slows down drastically when you put any processed food in there. <clears throat> now, granted, when you're younger, you can get away with a lot more. But here's a here's the deal. I, I real program diet. Now, someone's going on a trip. They're having a hard time getting to food. Granted, we'll use that when it's in time of need. But I think what, you know, the fitness industry spends so much money <clears throat> on making people believe products is their way to success. When in actuality, uh, you, you, it's what I tell people is, okay, you've got a steak in one hand. And then you've got a protein powder in the other hand. Why is it that if you take that steak, grind it, put it in a can, throw it in a warehouse for a month before it ends up on your on your coffee table or your, your kitchen table. Why is that variation or version of that original steak, how does that justify how that makes it better for you? And then people are like, well, I never thought about it like that. <laughs> and I mean, when you really, when you, when you boil it down, it's all about nutrient value and anything that's, we've lost nutrient value. It's just that simple. So <clears throat> my program is based upon the micronutrient value. So when I tell someone to eat, you know, a lot of say, I want you to eat 50 grams of protein, 40 grams of carbs, and 20 grams of fat, let's just say. I'm never going to tell somebody to eat like that. <clears throat> I'm going to say, I want you to eat, <clears throat> you know, six ounces of a lean steak. I want you to eat half of an avocado. So I'm going to talk about the actual foods because the foods – is where the, you know, the, the learning to pick the proper foods is a big part of it too. Perfect example, an egg white is a great protein. I like for what I would call my protein shakes, liquid egg whites, pasture. But the, the value of an egg white versus the value of a red meat is very different. You can't just look at it as a protein as a protein. The egg white has a, a really good, it serves a great purpose post-training, first thing in the morning because it absorbs very quickly much the same principles of whey protein but it's real food you know a lot of times people don't understand they'll finish their workout they have their whey protein they're not hungry for four hours 
Well, it's because that whey protein is just sitting in there. It's not processing. And that post-training is when the body needs all the nutrient value. So if you put something that won't digest, your body sitting there basically trying to heal without any nutrients, you know, that are processing through. Just because it's in your stomach doesn't mean it helps your body. <laughs> Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. And, you know, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, there's different quality of whey proteins. You know, if you're going to Costco and getting an 80 pound bucket for 24 bucks, you're pretty yeah. much not getting yeah. the highest quality that you can get, you know? So now I have another question. You know, I like when I, I've been out of the health and fitness industry now a year and a half, but when I about to get, when I was just about to retire, young kids would come in and they were like, I want something. I want a pre-workout with like 500 milligrams of caffeine. And I'm like, bro, you know, you can't be doing that. First, you're going to mess up your central nervous system. Plus, you never see bodybuilders that are crackheads. Because, you know, so, you know, talk to, you know, these people just taking pre-workouts just to have that energy. (laughs) They don't realize that they're burning up that muscle tissue. Well, that's that's what people, and I think Americans especially, right here and right now and so having energy and having a good pump in the gym is somehow become more important than the big picture goal well i got i i I turned the gym i'm on track well that tons of energy came through the consequence of of basically you know system and milking your adrenal glands which this is not taking you forward it's taking you backwards and then a great pump in the gym hell you get into candy bar before the workout and get a great pump in the gym but that doesn't help you either so people tend to not recognize that the goal is one thing all of the little steps between here and the goal is another thing it's if you want to make an omelet you're going to have to break some eggs well, that means that partway through the process, it may look a little, bit, a little bit messy. But the end goal is everything's cleaned up and you got a nice omelet to eat. People tend to look too much at the right here, the right now. That's why they want the pre-workout. That's why they want the intra-pump products. Uh, and it's... You're not really working on the goal. You're just trying to create a good workout. That good workout today is can't reproduce that after day for any length of time won't be able to you know with the stimulants and using some sort of a pump product is great to get a pump but it's not always going to help you with a goal depending on what your goals are so people just look at this very backwards people that want to they want to recomp they want to build muscle and burn body fat at the same time which most people think is not possible i do it for people all the time and one of the things that and I'll tell them, I'll say, look, we can totally do this. And, and literally inside of 30 days, you're going to feel, you're going to end up feeling stronger and you're going to feel that your waist is smaller. Your clothes are going to fit looser in the waist. But this journey in this month where for you, you're, you're going to see huge results. There's going to be times where you probably won't have a good pump in the gym. But does it really make a difference if the end results is what you're looking for? And that's what people lose. It's okay. Well, I didn't get a pump today. Well, if not getting a pump today is part of the formula to reach your goals. I love it. So now talk to us, because 
you know, we lost a, some great people in the last six weeks, you know, Mr. John Meadows and so yeah. on. You know, so me and you are about the same age. You're 49. I'm 52. Um, I try to go to the doctor, get myself checked out on a regular basis. What do you do to keep your health in check? Not talking about bodybuilding or any of that. Your health, your heart. Yeah. Yep. What do you do to keep that in check? Well, uh, there's a multitude of things, you know, <clears throat> obviously, you know, living the, the healthy lifestyle, meaning, you know, I eat healthy whole foods. I drink plenty of water. I drink water on schedule. <clears throat> I make sure that I get adequate rest. Is <clears throat> one of the things people don't understand is stress alone is one of the biggest killers on the planet. And if you don't learn to manage stress or if you, you know, you live your life in a way especially in the fitness industry where you're bringing stress in, you're really, you're really putting a, a hard strain on your health. I also am a big detoxer. I'm a big detox guy. I like to keep myself happy, healthy, and clean. Um, so it's really, I think of you, when you, when you break it down, it's, there's never, there's not one principle. There's not one element. It's a, it's, you're picking a lifestyle that is conducive to you being healthy for the big picture. You know, you can't say, okay, I'm going to do this to be healthy and then have that over there overpower what you're doing to make any progress. You have to do it from every angle. So I would say the things that people tend to miss the most about overall health is eating in a way that is happy, that is actually helpful to your health, um, making sure you have adequate water. And when I say that, it's not just drinking enough. It's dr I drink water on a schedule. It's very easy to do once you turn it into a positive habit. And then this is one that's really tough for people. And I've been doing it damn near my whole career. You know, and if I've got a show or an event or an appearance, of course, this isn't going to work. But if I'm <clears throat> home, I mean, how many people you know that have done that for 25 years? Not many, <laughs> not many. <laughs> exactly. And so these are the things, I mean, I, I realized early on, okay, I want to, I want to do all this, forgive the term crazy shit. That's going to be hard on me. Uh, if I'm, if I'm going to do that, I need to commit to both sides of the fence because this is going to be hard on me. So I need to commit to the side of the fence. that's going to do the best to be the best possible equalizer to the extra stress you know, that, that I'm putting on myself, you know, heavy training, you know, traveling a lot. These are things that, that, you know, can really, you know, if, if you don't do all this stuff properly, <clears throat> it can deteriorate your life, or you can create a platform and proper habits in your daily life that it basically neutralizes itself. And that's been pretty much my goal is, okay. I, I know that I'm picking a hard path of life. So what do I need to do to offset that? Cause I'm, you know, I got three kids. I'm happy. I'm healthy. I got a grandson. I want to see all my grandkids and I want to be able to be active to play with all of them. So it's, you know, I think that's, what's missed. People are happy to go to the gym. They're happy to do this. They're happy to do all the parts where you're moving ahead, but they're not always happy to do the parts that allows the longevity. Okay. One more question on, um, nutrition and i want to go into mindset um yeah. you know, my friend jimmy mentis former i mean ifbb pro 
Jimmy Mentis. I asked him, I said, what would you be your three supplements if you, somebody would ask you would be pretty crucial in his diet? And he said a multivitamin, he said a fish oil, and maybe some pro- some high quality protein. If you would say, somebody asked you the same question, what would be three basic um, supplements that a person can take just for general health overall? What would you, what would your thoughts be? Yeah, I would say, I'd say he's, he's pretty on track. I mean, I would definitely say a multivitamin. Only change I would make to that would be powder liquid. Sometimes the pills just don't break down and absorb well. The yep. bioavailability is not there. Um, the, I would, I would, I guess what I would do is I would try to include that in the multivitamin, but you rarely get those put together. So I would, you, we're going to have to use number two as the, as the, you know, the, the, the fish oils. But then again, my diet, I have so much healthy fat in there, but my wife still wants me to take the, the fish oil. So I do that as well. <clears throat> and then, uh, so I'm totally agreeing with what he's saying. Those first two, I think that the, I, I do shy away from the protein powder because then we're bringing a processed food into the equation. Um, so what I try to think of is supplement in a way that is still as real food as possible. So my, my change to his three would be forget the protein powder, use a liquid egg white, an organic pasteurized liquid egg white, same principle. It's just a little bit more tough to handle because it has to be, you know, kept to refrigerated. Yeah. So <clears throat> that would be, uh, you know, in term, I guess you could kind of argue, um, you know, the, is that a supplement? But if you get really down to it, a supplement is something you need in addition to what you're eating. Well, an egg white is really just making, getting more protein in more efficiently, uh, easier, but we're still using our organic product that doesn't put any strain on the system. I love that. Now we're talking about mindset because I think we're talking about all mindset and, you know, oh, my, yeah. John McCaskill, he's a <clears throat> retired Navy SEAL commander. And he always talks about the hour before you go to bed and the first hour when you wake up are the two most important times of your day. If you're going to be, if you're going to succeed or fail. So talk to us about your rituals, your morning rituals and your evening rituals. Well, that's interesting because that's pretty, it's, it's, there are a lot of similarities there. So I'm a big one on, pre-planning now this goes back to when i was the, the little guy i had to pre-plan only because if i was if i had to do something on the fly i usually couldn't keep up with it so you know i went as far as if i'm we're talking i'm you know eight years old you know i i laid out my clothes the night before i had my you know my bags were packed my lunch was made in the refrigerator <clears throat> so this goes in now bringing this to current time Every single day before I go to bed, I will make sure that the next day is completely planned. Now, granted, that plan, obviously, sometimes will execute right to the T. Other times it changes a little bit. But I never wake up. My feet don't hit the floor without – I'm already premeditated. I wake up and I know what's happening for the day. Now, granted, I use a book. This is actually kind of cool. <clears throat> I have a book. Every single one whole page is one day and it's a planner. I've used these since 1992. So I actually have a shelf where there's this whole row of these books 
And each one of these books represents a year of my life. So you can pull out any year you want, go to a certain day, open it up and see what I was doing, who I was talking to, what my to-do list was. It's, it's, uh, so the idea of, you know, mindset and, you know, there's one thing with being strong in mind, you know, obviously that's, you develop that, but there's another thing with being pre-planned and creating that habit. See now, I, you know, I'm not going to go get in the shower to get cleaned up for the night until I've sat at my desk, looked at my book, looked at my day, laid everything out. Does this look like everything's going to go? <clears throat> and basically the last thing that I see before I kind of start powering off for the night is the schedule for my day, my to-do list and the, the calls that I need to make. It's, you know, when I look at my, my day schedule, my train, even though I know I'm going to train, I still write training in there. There's just something about the old fashioned art of handwriting something that ingrains it in my head. So when my hit, feet hit the floor in the morning, I, I'm just executing at that point. The planning was done the day before. I love so, that. I've learned that, you know, when I wake up in the morning, I don't touch my phone for like the first 15 or 20 minutes. Cause I, you know, I want my mind to be clear because a lot of people, as soon as they wake up, they hit their phone. All of a sudden they're seeing all this negative stuff going on and their whole day just goes to shit before it isn't even starts. That the, isn't that the truth, man? Your phone can be such a, it can, it can plant so many negative things in your mind before you're even conscious enough to, to deal with, it, you know? Yeah. Now I got a question for to talk about a little bit about this and like, thank you for taking this time. I know your time is precious. I just want to say thank you. Uh, I appreciate that, brother. Um, you know, a lot of people were in the fitness industry five years ago, crushing it and, you know, getting contracts from muscle tech, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden social media comes around and all those companies are like, we don't need you. We don't, we don't need yeah. you. you know? yeah. So now talk to us because now we're in it right as – Instagram, Facebook, and all that started. So now, how does a person that's in the industry make a living without hopping from, you know, uh, company to company to company? And they say that you're a sponsored athlete when all they do is send you a pound of protein and you're not making any money. Yeah. No, it's, it's it, the landscape has changed. So <clears throat> keep in mind, back in my strength career, social media hadn't even been born yet. So, I mean, it was like, I remember my first real sponsor was uh, <clears throat> MHP. Uh, Ger- funny enough, they, I know Gerard. Well. Gerard. Yeah. And so Gerard Dente. Oh yeah. I love Gerard. And, and here's the thing. This is back in the day. There was no social media. He came up to contest, <clears throat> basically introduced himself and said, you know, I, I'd like to talk to you about sponsoring you with, with my company, MHP. And that was my first experience with nowadays. I mean, in those days, they're, they're basically contracting the person. How do you look? How do you act? How do you hold yourself? Uh, you know, what's your value as a person? Well, now, <laughs> when... You, you have sponsors, you know, you basically have a person that's getting a sponsor based upon his social media following. It has nothing. To... 200,000 followers. 
you know. So anyway, on that level, yeah. companies are coming looking looking for people with following. So to answer the question, we used to see are are not like they were. <clears throat> but the, the flip side is with everything everything in life. Anytime something kicks you in the nuts, it's also an opportunity. You, you just, you know, when you're, when you get kicked in the nuts, you're, you're on your hands and knees on the ground. <clears throat> I always remind myself, Hey, I'm down here because I'm supposed to be looking for something that's going to be my next better, bigger step. So when social media hit, yes, it was, it was pretty drastically negative for a lot of people, but what it also it created huge opportunities for those that actually wanted to work for it. So social media has made a lot of people a lot of money. Now, the only unfortunate part about that is that it's made a lot of people a lot of money who may not be as deserving who of the people who were digging in the trend to create, uh, you know, an actual athletic name and, you know, perform. If you, when you're an athlete and you're working on competing and performing, it takes a lot of time. You get some joke, get a set of abs and, you know, Photoshop and get the contract because he's got a big following versus the guy who's been competing for the last 10 years. That That's kind of sad. But the guy that's been competing for the last 10 years can har- harness social media just the same as, as the guy who, uh, you know, who just basically Photoshopped his abs, you know. So yep. I guess long and short of it is it was it's it sucked to see. That there's there's uh, you know a lot that are harnessing it when they really haven't done much, but at the same time, it's also that same opportunity is there for the guy who has done a lot, and if he harnesses that properly, he'll make more money than he was before he was when he was contracted. And you know a lot of you know one thing I love about you, I started following you a couple years ago because you reminded me of Bill Goldberg. And superstar Billy Green, <laughs> and because you have a presence, and a lot of people that are pros, they can't put two words together. And so, when you're talk to us about having presence on social media, because you 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 draw people in, you you make people listen to you. You have a presence, and I'm sure that wasn't something that just your first video between now and then must yeah. be light years, light years yeah. apart, correct? Yeah, for sure. What well, story? Because way back when in my first career, strongman before social media, uh, I mean, you you really got you know the older guys would bust you up if you were trying to self promote. Self promotion was not allowed. It was like, what are you doing? You know, don't embarrass, don't embarrass yourself, don't embarrass the the U.S. athletes. I mean, it was really, really you know, self promotion was frowned upon. Social media hit, <clears throat> obviously that changed. Well, this was right about the point where social media hit about wrestling. Well, wrestling, you're trained to be entertaining and you're trained to be able to talk in front of a camera. And so I basically just took those skills and realized, you know, you know, now that I'm, I'm a pro bodybuilder, you know, the biggest thing that I want to be able to do in my coaching business is inspire people show them that they can. And so I basically kind of took the skills that I learned with cutting promos and wrestling and turned it into a very in your face, but positive message that I hope that everybody could benefit from. And that's pretty much what it comes down to. So, because, you know, like you said, I'm a guy 
Um, <clears throat> I try to be entertaining when I'm talking and especially in my videos, you know, I flex my muscles. I, you know, the funny part is early, the early part of my daily deep water motivations, I never cussed. And as soon as I started to cut, that much more popular. So I guess it takes a few F-bombs to get people's attention nowadays. <laughs> but, yeah, so ultimately, it's, it's me trying, if I can do anything, Daily, it would be if I had to pick one thing, I would inspire people. And if I inspire people, it inspires me because when I inspire somebody to do something I couldn't do before, and I see how, you know, I see how excited they are, how delayed they're just, it's like a whole new world opened up to them. It re inspires me. So it's like this you inspire someone, them being inspired re inspires you, and that energy comes back in again that's even bigger and better somebody else gets changed it comes back to you and it's just like this positive vortex that gets bigger and fat i'm just jacking it's that uh you know it, it it does because ultimately when it comes to it if i could pick one thing every day that i i got to do it would be to inspire well brother you inspire me so last two questions how do we find you? How can we get involved in your coaching programs? So how can we help you in your and your mission? Well, on that level, I, I just tell everybody, I got quite a few different social media platforms. So my Instagram, I actually spend a lot of time in my direct messages in my Instagram so that I can connect with people. So if you want to tie in, you'll be really surprised. You come into my DM, my Instagram, you could just say hi. You could say anything. I'm going to respond because I'm in there and I'm trying to inspire. I'm trying to get people to recognize that they can. So if you want to connect with me, my Instagram, which is at the John Anderson. My name is spelled different. I don't know if you can put a link for people to see, but it's J-O-N and Anderson, A-N-D-E-R-S-E-N instead of O-N. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, if you're able to put a link for people to see somehow, that'd be great, brother, because my I get the double whammy misspelling with my name. But uh, on that level, if you want to get in touch with me, you want to just shoot the shit or you want to inquire about what I do with coaching, either or is fine with me because the bottom line is I'm going to inspire you whether you just stop in and say hi or, or whether you want to work under my wing. <laughs> Is there any companies or anything you would like to shout out while we're talking? You know, when it comes right down to it, um, I think the, the biggest thing that I would put out there right now for people, I'm really trying to get people to understand is the, the whole movement on protein supplements. Okay. Protein supplements. If you can use a supplement that is not processed food. So what I've been a big pushing, I use a ton of it myself. It's a, a company called Egg Whites International. It's an organic, it's organic pasture egg white product that you can literally, you can put anything in there to flavor it and it digests well. This is what I use for all of my clients. So if you're just, just curious to kind of see what the difference between using a protein powder and a, say a protein, an organic protein supplement, give that a try. Egg Whites International, a great product. But I would say overall, you know, I, I really am, I'm just, I try to really, if there's anything I want to plug is being organic and being motivated and inspired. 
I love it. Last question I ask everybody, and I, I ask a thousand people, and I get a thousand different answers. I <laughs> live here in New Jersey. We're still under COVID, and I think it's it's not getting any better. So we have a lot of parents that lost jobs, so they're driving Uber and DoorDash, DoorDash just to pay their bills. So if I ask the average American to do something in seven days, they're never going to get to it. But if I ask the, a person to take an actionable step in the next 24 hours, they're more likely to do it. So if there's somebody that's listening to this, they're struggling with their health. They're struggling, you know, maybe, you know, 45, 50 years old, carrying an extra 30 pounds around, pre-diabetic. What mm-hmm. is it can do in the next 24 hours to start to get back on the right path? Simple answer. Simple, yet very effective. Number one, motivation comes through movement. Get up and go for a walk. If it's raining outside, you know, walk around your house. Walk for 20 minutes. Don't even have to walk fast. Every day, if you walk for 20 minutes, you'll be mentally more clear You'll be physically more motivated and inspired to do things. And more importantly, blood circulation is one of the biggest elements that, that Americans are missing because we're, we, we don't move enough. So movement is key. Just remember this simple phrase. Motivation comes through movement. 20-minute walk, 30-minute walk every day will change your life. And so one last thing. Talk about how... What is this transformation course that you have going on? So basically, everybody has their own goals, right? When I say a transformation, some people, that means they want to drop some body fat, build some muscle. Other people, so your goals is your transformation. So once someone tells me what their goals are, transformation is just a term for moving from point A to point B. Well, once I know someone's goals, I'm going to create the program, it's going to be everything. It's going to be obviously uh, physical activity. It's going to be a diet. And more importantly, it's going to be uh, positive habits built into the whole program to help the transformation. Now, transformation, remember, you're getting yourself from point A to point B. Now, the fact that I'm teach you how to do this through habits in your life, this is where the value is because I'm telling you what to do. I'm teaching you what to do, and I'm helping you create the good habits in your life that will carry you forward with your goals in play. You've transformed. How do you keep it there? Well, the, ha- the positive habits that we created together, the positive habits that you're going to continue to do because there's some things you enjoy because it makes you feel good, this program is all about. <clears throat> it's transforming physically and mentally. It's, it's not just getting rid of, of, of a gut. It's okay. We, someone got overweight because they have a series of habits, negative habits that led them there. We need to reconstruct those habits into positive ones that helps us transform into the new, more important, excuse me, the new improved version of yourself. But more importantly, the positive habits that we created to get you there are going to continue and you're going to keep what you got. Your transformation is the new you and you're going to keep it. I love it. But guys, so, so guys, if you want to get, if you want to transform your life and your body, go to www.johnandersoncoaching.com. Amazing website. 
he's got swag. He's got an ebook. He's got a lot of stuff going on. Definitely reach out. Tell him that you heard from us and that you listened to this. And I'm sure he's going to take care of you. Brother, I'm so grateful for you today. Um, I know you live a busy life. You got three beautiful grandbabies. So I'm just grateful that you're in my life, brother. I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate your time. And anytime I can spread the positive, motivational message, inspiring message, I'm all for it. So anytime you want to do another show, let's do it again, my brother. God bless you. This is going to go out next next uh, next season. So I can't wait for it to come out. People are going to be so pumped up. And if you have anything new you're about to drop, just let me know. And I'll promote it to my up to 1.4 million veterans. Let's do it, my brother. I appreciate you very much. Uh, God bless you, brother. You too. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.